John Jarman knows what it's like to be on a path of self-destruction, selling drugs and using people, but he also knows what it's like to have a life that is touched and changed by the power of Jesus. He tells his story in his brand new book called Broken and Redeemed. You'll meet John Jarman today here on Babby's House. Stay tuned, Babby's House is coming your way right now. Welcome to Babby's House. I'm your host, Babby Mason. And thank you so very much for joining me today. I'm blessed to have as my very special guest, John Jarman, and he is the author of a brand new book called Broken and Redeemed, Finding Freedom Through Complete Surrender. And he has lived a life, you know, as a, uh, as a veteran, as a football coach, and a life of athletics, but then being caught up in a life of, of drugs and self-destruction. But isn't it amazing what Jesus does? The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And that is John Jarman's story. Let's welcome him to Babby's house. John, my friend, it's good to see you today. Thank you. I'm, I'm super honored to be here today. Super honored to have you, my friend. And yeah, yeah. Yes, and congratulations on your brand new book, Broken and Redeemed, Finding Freedom Through Complete Surrender. And I'll tell you, John. Thank you. That's everybody's story who meets Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yes, yes ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So uh, I, I read in your bio that you were on a, a path of self-destruction, uh, drug abuse, selling, mm -hmm. selling that phrase, selling drugs and using people really stood out to me. Talk, mm -hmm. talk to me about life, what life was like before you met the Lord. Well, that was, I mean, that was actually when I was in high school and, and shortly after high school until I went into the Marine Corps. I grew up, my, my dad was a very abusive alcoholic in my childhood. And so um, he left when I was 12. And so I was, you know, with my three brothers and my mom. And so that was a way I, you know, I, I turned to that, I guess, for lack of a better reason, just to survive, um, you know, because money wasn't that great. We sometimes didn't know where the next meal was coming from. And mm. and that was that was how I survived. And uh, it wasn't, you know, the right thing, I guess, as we look back on it. Um, but we go through things for a reason. Um, and one day I was sitting in a party, New Year's Eve in 1987, and I said, you know, there's got to be more to life to this. And I got up, I left the party. Two days later, I walked into a Marine recruiting office and said, I need to get out of here. And he said, did you commit a crime? And I said, no, uh, yes, but I haven't been caught. And so we talked for a while. And then two, three months later, I was in San Diego in boot camp. And so I was on my, you know, and that's where I really got my first introduction to church and Christ because I could go to church on Sunday. Um, and get away from the drill instructors for an hour. <laughs> so, um, and that's what I did. And, and because I really didn't have any church or, or no, knowledge of Christ growing up. Yeah. And so that was my first experience of it. So. Well, talk to me about, you know, mm -hmm. how you, how you got down that path of self-destruction. You know, um, I think so many families nowadays, um, and, and people have had the struggle of, of drug abuse, selling drugs, being caught up in that 
a self-destructive spiral. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I think that comes from the trauma, you know, the, the shame and the guilt and the bitterness and, and, you know, the things you're just dealing with because of the trauma that you went through. Um, I don't have much memory from my childhood up until age 12. Mm. So it's it's a lot of my uh, childhood is, you know, suppressed. And, and, you know, my counselor of 10 years said that it would probably be more traumatic finding out what happened rather than knowing what happened. Um, and I think it's just because of that, because, you don't, uh, you know, growing up, uh, I'll share a story. I had my high school girlfriend read the book. And she calls me and she goes, John, you never told me this. And I said, I didn't want you to know. Because I thought they would, you know, my friends would leave me if they knew what how I grew up. Because, you know, when you go through stuff like this, you always think you're the only one, but yeah. you're not. You know, but as you're going through it, you think that. And, and so the shame of, you know, the way, you know, my life, my household was and all that stuff. I didn't want my friends to really get to know me too well because I was afraid they would leave. And I think that lends to that self-destruction behavior because, what, what my pattern was is I would move someplace and start to be successful, and then it would just, I would do things unconsciously, really, that would destroy that, and I'd have to move again. Um, and so I didn't really realize that until I was in counseling, and, and it, well, until I moved back home and I saw that, got into counseling, and then I really recognized that self-destruction behavior um, and, and looking back on it. So You, you know, John, um, as you were talking about um, you know, a pattern in your life where, you know, you would move someplace and then uh, the cycle would start again, you'd move again, and the cycle mm -hmm. would start again. And it's interesting. I heard somebody say that wherever you go, there you are. Yep. <laughs> and you take you, you know, we take, take us yep. with us. Yes, and uh, so it, it just creates this vicious cycle and that begins to spiral down, 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 right. down. Um, there's a chapter in your book called uh -huh. Broken and Redeemed, Finding Freedom Through Complete Surrender. And it's called um, Finding Christ. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that chapter? Yeah, it's, it, I, I was very, very fortunate to meet a, a gentleman at the church I was going to. His name's Scotty Kessler, and he became my spiritual mentor. And we worked for the next couple of years of, it, with prayer plans and and just reading and stuff to, to help me remove the strongholds that the shame and the guilt and all that stuff um, had on me and, and my ability to forgive um, because I couldn't forgive myself. That was, the, you know, and you can't forgive others till you can forgive yourself um, and, and you can seek forgiveness, but you really have to understand what it takes to do that. Um, and working with Scotty really is what uh, allowed me to do that because I started to you know, I started a daily prayer routine, reading scriptures and just finding out who who Jesus is. Um, and, you know, as you become a Christian, you, you need that mentorship because you're going to have questions as you read the Bible and, and you're going to have, you know, you're not going to understand all of it at first. Um, the Bible is a very, my, my current pastor said it's a probably a, if, if you rated the Bible, it would be a PG or be a MA for mature audience, you know, because there's some things in there that you don't quite get the first time you read it. And so I think it's super important to have that mentorship and, and in order to help you lead to that situation, um, you know, and that's where I started to to really find Christ. And then in November of 2016 is when I gave up complete control because I used to want to control everything. Even as I started my walk, you know, I would I didn't want God's timing. I wanted John's timing. And I'll, uh, everybody knows that if we do that with when we're walking, it's not going to turn out good. You got to yeah. let God take control. And so um 
one morning, you know, I had a business, it was crumbling. There were some other events in my life that were not going well. And I just, I got up and I fell to my knees and prayed. And, and I mean, tears coming out of my eyes just, and I said, I can't do this anymore without you. And first verse I opened the Bible to was John uh, one through five or uh, John one, five through 10 and talks where he, uh, John is talking about Jesus is the light. And if you continue to walk in darkness, then you, the truth is not in you. Well, I read that and I went, I got to change because yeah. that's what I was doing. Let I me was, ask you this. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. You're, you're, you talk in your book about uh, surrender. Mm -hmm. And um, can you talk about what, the, from your perspective, mm -hmm. what surrender really means? Well, for, for me, it was giving up, first of all, giving up control and, and, and understanding that, that I had to do that and being vulnerable enough to then humble myself. And, and let go of my ego. And I think that's the toughest part for especially men is that ego gets in their way. Um, and because when we hear, when, when we hear the word vulnerable or weakness, we think of physical, not, uh, humble. And, and so we can still be strong and be weak and be vulnerable. And, and I think I needed to learn that. And, and until I learned that, um, there was no complete surrender. And, and that was something my counselor had been working on is to, to try to increase my vulnerability. And, you know, it's, it's finally there. And, and for me, that's complete surrender is you got to humble yourself. You have to be, become vulnerable and you have to let go of your ego. Um, you know, John, I, I have to just uh, congratulate you and, and just commend you for, uh, you know, taking care of your emotional health as well as your physical health because mm -hmm. you're you're addressing some things that a lot of men don't Correct. see see important yep. you know you're talking about you know the things that men have you know that mucho gusto ego and and pride and strength and um but one of the one of the characteristics that Jesus has is meekness and oftentimes a man thinks that meekness is is equivalent to weakness, but, re but really meekness is strength yes. under control, power yes. under control. Yes. And that seems like one of the things that you're wanting to, to gain is the, yes. is the power of self-control. I hear you talking a lot about dealing with control. Um, mm -hmm. so, t so talk to me about that. Uh, there's, a, there's a chapter in your book called The Invisible War, you know, yeah. fighting those things that you don't see, like your emotions, your, your ego, your inner strength. Talk to us more about that. Well, it's just, it, it, you have, and that's where the mentorship and counseling comes in. It, it, you need to have somebody that can help you through that because they need to, they need to see you. You have to, and then you have to start examining your heart. And I think the self-examination is what really lends to that, com that complete surrender additional to the other things I spoke about. But, um, when you start searching yourself, one of my favorite authors, he said, you know, Christianity's messy because when you start looking inside it, you start to see not only the shame and the guilt, but the evil in you, because we all, we're all sinful. And then we start to see the things that we've done in our past. And we've got to forgive ourselves for those. We've got to ask for forgiveness for those. And, and that's really where that vulnerability comes in because you have to be truly honest with yourself. You can't hide anything. Um, and you have to really look at what's going on and what was going on in your past life. Um, I, re I refer to the crucifixion as, as an example of what how our old life is going to pass away because crucifixion is a long, painful death. And I think mm. our old self is going to die. You know, for me, it died slowly and it was painful because I had to really examine myself and see what kind of character I had. And then, then you have to change that in order, you know, to be 
walking more and more like Jesus. Yes. In your book, you talk a lot about uh, war. There's a chapter <laughs> called The Invisible War. Then chapter 11 is talking about understanding the war. And you're familiar with war. I mean, you're a veteran. You, yes. were, you were in uh, Desert Storm. And so you're, you're, you're familiar with what warfare looks like. Can you talk more about that from a spiritual perspective? Ephesians chapter 6 talks about, you know, fighting this invisible yes. war. So talk to us about that. Well, the, the, and I had firsthand experience with Scotty. Scotty, my spiritual mentor was in deliverance ministry. And as we started the player plans and, and working on, you know, rooting out the strongholds that were in my life, it, it got demonic at times. And, and, you know, there was times I would be reading the prayer plan and I would, I would actually have to get up, go throw up, come back and keep on reading because the spirit, the, the demonic powers to be were there. And, and you really have to have somebody who knows what they're doing to, to help you out with that. And, and um, that battle was real. Um, we had an incident in my counseling office when we were trying to recover my memory where we had a uh, spirit spirit in the room. Um, it was holding me down on the couch and it told my counselor that if we continued, it would take her. And so we decided not to continue down that path. And so the, the war is real. Um, and I did a lot of research and I think I want to say somewhere between 40 and 47 times. In the New Testament, Jesus casts out demons. So I think he's trying to teach us something about the war there, that it is real. And I think that's one area that the church doesn't really preach on um, because, you know, I, I had a friend who's a, who's a Christian and they said they didn't believe in that. And I was like, well, how can you not believe in that if you believe in Jesus? So, because it's there and he, te you know, Ephesians talks about it and so does Jesus. So Absolutely. If you, if then, you believe in the light, there's got to yep. be darkness. If there's you believe be in the, the spirit of God, yep. then there's a spirit of evil. Yep. So uh, you're absolutely right. The war is yep. real. Yep. And it just, it's, it's tough. So, I mean, if you're going through something like that, find a spiritual mentor who can help you through that because it's something you don't want to do on your own. So. Well, well, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, because here again, uh, John, you are a com you're to be commended for, uh, you know, a attacking these things for use of, of, a, of a word, uh, a warfare term, uh, attacking these weaknesses in your life and meeting them head on and dealing with them and, and having you have a, a mentor, someone that can help you on your journey, uh, come face to face with your challenges and your difficulties and be, be an overcomer. Talk about the, uh, the power of mentoring and how this mentorship is uh, making your spiritual life stronger. Oh, that's, I mean, it's, I can't even put into words how much Scotty's changed my life and helped my life just because his knowledge um, of scripture and everything like that. And and the accountability part of it is the really the key is because, you know, he sets these plans. And when we were going through all this, he sets the plans and then it was my job to follow him. And, and, you know, he actually vets people before he disciples them and, you know, because he wants to make sure they're committed to what they're going to do. And if they're not, he won't work with them. And, and so, you know, you've got to be super committed and, and then, you know, it's a daily reaching out and, you know, did you do this? Did you do that? What took place when you were reading and, and all that stuff. And, and, you know, discipleship is, you know, I mean, before Jesus ascended, he said, go make disciples of all nations. Yes. He didn't tell us how to do that. He just said that we needed to do that. And uh, well, I outlined, with Scotty's permission, I outlined his, he calls it the Big Ten, and it's his Big Ten 
discipleships and it's in the book. Um, and, you know, we, we put it in there for a reason so that because it's an easy 10 step process for you to disciple somebody. And I think it's going to benefit a lot of people because it, it truly helped me. And, it's, and I know it's, it's helped others. So, well, the book that John German is referring to is his brand new book called Broken and Redeemed, Finding Freedom Through Complete Surrender. Well, John, tell me, who, who should read your book? <laughs> That's funny. <clears throat> Excuse me, because my editor, she asked me who my audience was, and I said, everybody. And she goes, John, you have to write to a target audience. You can't say everybody. And then she read the, she did her review, and she wrote back in one sentence in the review, said, I usually don't say this, but your book is for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, it, I, would, I would say it's, it's probably geared more towards men um, simply because of you know, I, I, because I wrote it and I, and I set it up for, you know, there's questions at the end of every chapter. You could use it for a men's group or a, a study for 15 weeks. And, uh, you know, with that being said, I've had a lot of my friends who are women that have read the book and they've, they've truly got stuff from it. So it's, it's for anybody. Um, and, and my hopes of the book was if, if one person comes to Christ because of my book, then it's all worth it. Yes, but, I, but I, but seasoned Christians who have faith, I'm, I just hope I can deepen your faith just a little bit by you reading what I went through and reading my testimony and then and then really doing the questions because I made those questions to where it would, you know, it would cause you to do a little self-examination and would challenge you. Um, and that's, you know, that was my hope is that, that it deepens faith of current believers and then one, you know, brings people to Christ. Yes. Well, tell us more about how you're using the book in your ministry. Tell us a little bit about your ministry life. Well, it's just, it's really just starting because, you know, I've, I've only done a few speaking engagements. And so it's, it's, uh, it, I've just really kind of let it go and give God control on it, you know, cause it's just, I just sit back and wait for, you know, I don't want to say I sit back. I shouldn't say that term cause I don't sit back, but it just, you know, it, it's, it's very, it's in its infancy stages. So I really, you know, that's a tough question to answer. Um, because we just haven't really geared it off because the book hasn't hit the bookstores yet. So, well, this is a such a, a very applicable subject and a very applicable book, and so I um, just believe that God is going to open up doors for you to minister and speak to a lot of people on a subject that is applicable for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes. So, so tell us how we can get more information about your ministry. Well, I have a website, it's called brokenandredeemed.com, um, and it has testimonies, and I do a, a daily post on there, I call it my daily bread, and it's usually a scripture verse from my studies in the morning, and um, and so I have that. I, I'm on social media, um, Instagram, it's uh, John underscore broken and redeemed. Um, I'm on Twitter, broken, broken and redeemed. Uh, and then I'm on Facebook as well as John Jarman. So very good. Well, for that person who is watching today, and mm -hmm. has you know those inner struggles of cyclical behavior, um, um, you know challenges, emotional challenges, uh, maybe repercussions from being in you know war, post-traumatic stress syndrome, and things like that. Can you encourage that person in this last minute? Yeah, I would just say seek help. Go go find somebody that you can relate to, whether it's a, a professional counselor or, or spiritual mentor, and and really start to you know meet with them on a weekly basis and and start examining what's causing all that and and help and let them help you work through it and and be vulnerable. You know that's the biggest thing I can say is is don't hide anything from the people who are trying to help you. So. 
Well, that's a big word coming from a, a real man. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? To be to be yeah. vulnerable because yeah. a lot of people, not just men, really, not just Correct. men, but but women have a ch challenge with being vulnerable as well. So that's that's very powerful. Yeah, well, and it's, and I think. I think the vulnerability is harder when you've been a victim of abuse too, because you're afraid, um, and that's why you need somebody to help you work through that. So, yeah. and just remember that you're not the only person that's going through what you went through. You know, I'm glad so. you you reminded me of that. You said that earlier in the program that the enemy wants us to think that we're the only one, yes. and yes, that's a that's a tool that the enemy uses to yeah. increase shame in our lives because he wants us to think we're the only one that's being abused. We're the only one that's Correct. having problem in our relationship. We're the only one that's having emotional struggles with uh, PTSD or whatever it is that we're struggling with. So thank you for reminding us of that. Yep. Well, yep. I appreciate you being on our show today, my friend. And again, well, my conversation has been with John Jarman, the author of Broken and Redeemed, Finding Freedom Through Complete Surrender. Thanks for being with me, all right? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And you, my friend, I'm going to have the wonderful privilege of leading us in a devotional after this break. And it's very applicable to the conversation that I've been having today with John Jarman. So stick around. After this break, we'll be back with more of Fabby's house. You may even want to get a piece of paper and a pencil, maybe take a few notes, all right? Stick around. I'll be right back after this break. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our show thus far. I really enjoyed my conversation with John Jarman, the author of Broken and Redeemed, Finding Freedom Through Complete Surrender. And our conversation with him goes perfectly with the uh, encouraging words I want to share with you at the end of our show here. You know, when I was uh, younger, I heard my mom say some wonderful words that I have never forgotten. You, maybe you, someone has asked you how you're doing and maybe your response is something like this. I'm hanging in there. Maybe that's your response. Well, my mother, uh, when I was younger, she would always correct us whenever we said those words, I'm hanging in there. My mother would always say, you know, believers don't hang. The Bible says nothing about hanging in there, but the Bible talks about standing, having done all to stand. When you're hanging in there, you're vulnerable. You're at risk. You're exposed to the elements when you're hanging in there. But my mom reminded us, believers don't hang, we stand. And she would always remind us of Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to begin at verse 10, and this is what it says. Finally, and this is what I love about God's Word. It's very personal. So you could even insert your name because the Word of God is speaking to you. The Word of God is speaking to me. And this is what it says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His great power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can fight against the devil's evil tricks. Our fight is not against people on earth, but against the rulers and authorities and the powers of this world's darkness, against the spiritual powers of evil in the heavenly world. That is why you need to put on God's full armor. Then on the day of evil, you will be able to stand strong. And when you have finished the whole fight, you will still be standing. I love that. Believers don't hang. Believers stand. You know, I was talking to a young lady the other day, 
and she was taking piano lessons. She was a little 13-year-old girl standing there with her mother, and her mother wanted me to encourage her um, about just staying in there taking piano lessons. And the, of course, the 13-year-old was not real keen on practice and the discipline of working you know, at, at playing the piano and being a musician. I certainly get that. I had to practice an hour a day. But this is what I learned, and this is what I told her, that sometimes when life gets hard, we want to quit. We want to give up. We want to throw in the towel. But this passage today is telling us, having done all to stand, and what this is reminding us of is don't quit, don't stop, don't give in, don't give up, don't give out, don't give over your territory to the enemy, but having done all to stand. And what does it look like to stand? Well, you know, my daddy was uh, a Baptist preacher. And daddy would often say, he'd often use this term. He would say, now when you stand, stand flat-footed. Stand flat-footed on God's Word. And what does that mean? What does that look like to, to, to stand flat-footed? Well, what it looks like is you plant your feet. You plant your feet. The Bible says to be immovable, unshakable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And so you plant your feet on God's Word so that when the enemy comes at you, uh, the Bible says that difficulty will come at you like a flood, but you will be able to stand strong. And I even want to uh, leave you one last bit of encouragement. My mother, all, my mother said this. She said, even take that term, I'm hanging in there, out of your vocabulary. She says, don't even say that. When people ask you how you're doing, say something like this, I'm still standing. I'm standing in there. I'm standing strong. Use the word stand. That's what the Bible uh, uh, encourages us and even challenges us, commands us to do, to stand in there, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, and put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand the fiery darts of the wicked one. Well, God bless you, and I hope and pray that you'll pick up God's Word today and read that entire chapter of Ephesians chapter 6. Well, I'm so glad that you watched today's show and that something that has been said or sung uh, or even in my conversation with John Jarman has encouraged you today. I want you to uh, go to my website today at babby.com, first name only, babby.com, and there you'll find wonderful resources to help you in your faith in the Lord. Great books. Bible studies for women, wonderful music. You'll also see a Listen Live button that's kind of twirling around there on the home side of the website, the homepage of the website. Click that Listen Live button, and that will take you to Babby Mason Radio, where you can hear beautiful music and encouraging words 24 hours a day. Well, thank you, my friend, for watching today's show. You know I love you. You know I'm so grateful that you've tuned in to today's show. Email me at babby at babby.com and let me know that you're watching, all right? Well, until the next time, God bless you and yours real good. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.